Today is January the 7th. What happens when we try to take matters into our own hands? Let's find out together as we read Genesis 16 to 19. Our reading today is Genesis 16 to 19. In this passage, Genesis chapter 16, something very natural for the time happened, something very unnatural for us. Sarah was wanting a child. God had been promising a child. So Sarah gives her servant girl to Abraham and says, go have relations with her. The son that is born to her will be mine. It's interesting Abraham does this, but after this, we never hear about Sarah and Ishmael. We only hear about Hagar and Ishmael. Ishmael never bonded with Sarah, apparently, and as a result, Sarah um, wants to later throw Ishmael out. Now, in chapter 17, we have God's third covenant with Abraham. Again, he says, Abraham, his name is Abram at this point. I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham, the father of many nations. I'll change Sarah's name from Sarai to Sarah. Um, I'll give you descendants. I'll give you this land. I'm going to ask something of you. He asks of Abraham his foreskin, circumcision. Now, it's interesting he does this after Sarah gives Hagar to Abraham. It's like God is saying, Abraham, uh, you had relations with Hagar. I told you Sarah would be the mother of many nations. You didn't listen to me. I want you to remember. <laughs> it's like God is saying every time you have relations, I want you to know that I will give you descendants through Sarah. <laughs> now, whatever else there is in circumcision in this particular event, I think that's part of what's going on. Now, in chapter 18 and uh, 19, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed. You remember I mentioned that Sodom and Gomorrah were very wicked? Well, the angels come to deal with that. And on their way there, they stop by Abraham's camp and promise again that Abraham will have sons through Sarah. Today, please read or listen to Genesis chapters 16 through 19. Genesis 16, New Living Translation. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had not yet been able to bear children for him. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. 
Abraham agreed with Sarai's proposal. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened ten years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarai, with contempt. Then Sarai said to Abram, this is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. Abram replied, look, she's your servant, so deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You're to name him Ishmael, which means God hears, for the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. He'll raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. Thereafter, Hagar used to used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, I have truly seen the one who sees me. So that well was named Be'er Lahai Roy, which means well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I'll make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I'll make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I'm changing your name. You will no longer be Abram. Instead, you'll be called Abraham, for you'll be the father of many nations. I'll make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. I'll give the entire land of Canaan, where you now live as a foreigner, to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be their God." Then God said to Abraham, your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility. This is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. 
You must cut off the flesh of your foreskin as a sign of the covenant between me and you. From generation to generation, every male child must be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. This applies not only to members of your family, but also to the servants born in your household and the foreign-born servants whom you have purchased. All must be circumcised. Your bodies will bear the mark of my everlasting covenant. Any male who fails to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant family for breaking the covenant. Then God said to Abraham, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she'll become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of a hundred, he thought. How can Sarah have a baby when she is ninety years old? So Abraham said to God, May Ishmael live under your special blessing. But God replied, No, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. As for Ishmael, I will bless him also, just as you have asked. I'll make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He'll become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah about this time next year. Then, when God had finished speaking, he left Abraham. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael and every male in his household, including those men born there and those he had bought. He circumcised them, cutting off their foreskins, just as God had told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised. And Ishmael, his son, was 13. Both Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised on that same day, along with all the other men and boys of the household, whether they were born there or bought as servants. All were circumcised with him. Chapter 18. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the grove belonging to Mamre. One day Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and he said to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat, and he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where's Sarah, your wife, the visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. One of them said, I'll return to you about this time next year. And your wife, Sarah, 
will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time. Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, How could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I'll return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. And the Lord said, No, you did laugh. Then the men got up from their meal and looked out towards Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Should I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I've singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So the Lord told Abraham, I've heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I'm going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. The other men turned away and headed towards Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous men living there in the city. Will you sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why would you be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same? Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? The Lord replied, If I find fifty righteous people in Sodom, I'll spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, Since I've begun, let me speak further to the Lord, even though I'm but dust and ashes. Suppose there are only forty-five righteous men rather than fifty. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? The Lord said, I'll not destroy it if I find 45 righteous people there. Then Abraham pressed his request further. Suppose there are only 40. The Lord said, I won't destroy it for the sake of 40. Please don't be angry, my Lord, Abraham pleaded. Let me speak. Suppose only 30 righteous people are found. The Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. Abraham said, since I've dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only 20. The Lord replied, I won't destroy it for the sake of 20. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry, angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose only 10 are found there. The Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of the 10. When the Lord had finished the conversation with Abraham, he went on his way, and Abraham returned to his tent. Chapter 19 That evening, the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there, and when he saw them, he stood up to meet them. He welcomed them and bowed with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, come to my house to wash your feet. Be my guests for the night. Then you may get up early in the morning and be on your way again. Oh no, they replied, we'll just spend the night out here in the city square. 
But Lot insisted, so at last they went home with him. Lot prepared a feast for them, complete with fresh bread, made without yeast, and they ate. But before they retired for the night, all the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, Where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. So Lot stepped outside to talk to them, shutting the door behind them. Please, my brothers, he begged, don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do with them as you wish. But please leave these men alone, for they are my guests. They are under my protection. Stand back, they shouted. This fellow came to town as an outsider. Now he's acting like our judge. We'll treat you far worse than those other men. And they lunged toward Lot to break down the door. But the two angels reached out pulled Lot into the house and bolted the door. Then they blinded all the men, young and old, who were at the door of the house. So they gave up trying to get inside. Meanwhile, the angels questioned Lot. Do you have any other relatives here in the city? They asked. Get them out of this place. Your son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, or anyone else. We're about to destroy this city completely. The outcry against this place is so great. It's reached the Lord, and he sent us to destroy it. So Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's fiancés, Quick, get out of the city. The Lord's about to destroy it. But the young men only thought he was joking. At dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now or you'll be swept away in the destruction of the city. When Lot still hesitated, the angels seized his hand in the hands of his wife and his two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city, for the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, Run for your lives. Don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you'll be swept away. Oh, no, my Lord, the Lord that Lot begged. You've been so gracious to me and saved my life. You've shown such great kindness but I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster would catch up to me there, and I would soon die. See, there's a small village nearby. Let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said. I'll grant your request. I won't destroy the little village, but hurry. Escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. This explains why that village was known as Zoar, which means little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him. She turned into a pillar of salt. Abraham got up early the next morning and hurried out to the place where he had stood in the Lord's presence. He looked out across the plain toward Sodom and Gomorrah and watched as columns of smoke rose from the cities like smoke from a furnace. But God had listened to Abraham's request and kept Lot safe, removing him from the disaster that engulfed the cities on the plain. Afterward, Lot left 
Zoar because he was afraid of the people there. He went to live in a cave in the mountains with his two daughters. One day the older daughter said to her sister, there are no men left anywhere in this entire area. We can't get married like everyone else. So our father will soon be too old to have children. Come, let's get him drunk with wine and then we'll have sex with him. That way we'll preserve our family line through our father. That night they got him drunk with wine and the older daughter went in and had intercourse with her father. He was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. The next morning, the older daughter said to her younger sister, I had sex with our father last night. Let's get him drunk with wine again tonight. You go in and have sex with him. That way, we'll preserve our family line through our father. So that night, they got him drunk with wine again. And the younger daughter went in and had intercourse with him. As before, he was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. As a result, both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their own father. When the older daughter gave birth to a son, she named him Moab. He became the ancestor of the nation, now known as the Moabites. When the younger daughter gave birth to a son, she named him Ben-Ami. He became the ancestor of the nation, now known as the Ammonites. Having listened to Genesis 16 through 19, Have you ever tried to take matters into your own hands? Have you ever tried to do God's work for Him? I bet it didn't turn out very well, did it? Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll take a look at the book of Psalms again.